Hallelujah. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Shore Foundation Church. We are glad to have you with us this morning. I'm Pastor John, and here at Shore Foundation Church, we are loving the Father, we are living in His Word, and we are moved by the Spirit of God. Happy Father's Day to all of the fathers out there. Glory to God. We thank God for our dads. We're going to open up with a verse of scripture here out of the Word of God. Um, Psalm chapter 68, um, Psalm chapter 68 says to the chief musician, a Psalm of David, let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. Let them also that hate him flee before him as, as smoke as driven away. So drive them away as wax melts before the fire. So let the wicked perish at the presence of God, but let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yes, let them exceedingly rejoice, sing unto God, sing praises to his name, extol him that rides upon the heavens by his name, Jah, and rejoice before him. Why do we rejoice before him? Because he is a father to the fatherless and a judge of the widows is God in his holy habitation. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're so glad that you're with us. I want to read one other verse of scripture. As we open this morning, the word of God and prayer, uh, like we always do, and uh, we welcome you. I uh, want to encourage you to please remember to follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, subscribe with us on the YouTube channel, and that way you'll receive the notifications every time there's a new message that's available. You can also subscribe to our podcast on Google, Apple, Spotify, and many other platforms. And we're also asking that you submit your prayer requests with us at Sure Foundation Church nj.org that's surefoundationchurchnj.org to allow us to mention the things that you want us to mention to the lord in prayer and we know you're going to be blessed this morning by what the lord is going to say hallelujah um, i want to turn since it is father's day we're going to turn over here to luke chapter 15 jesus is talking and he's telling a little story and this is a true story because it says a certain man. So verse 11 of Luke chapter 15, Jesus is telling the true story. It's in red. And it says, and he said, a certain man or a certain father had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would, have, and he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare? and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Uh, and the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and are no more worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand 
and shoes on his feet and bring here the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. That's Luke chapter 15, a familiar passage of scripture. And it's Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to all of our fathers out there. Happy Father's Day um, to my dad, George R. Justice Jr. Happy Father's Day uh, to my father that passed away, John Edward Lee. Uh, happy Father's Day to all of the fathers out there. Uh, if your father's around, hug him, kiss him, thank God for him, even if he's not perfect. And you know what? If your father is not around, and if you, or if you never met your father, or if your father has, has already passed, be encouraged because we saw in Psalm chapter 68, the word of God says that the father, all, almighty God, he'll be a father if you're fatherless. And God is so merciful. He'll even send other people to kind of stand in and be your father if you don't feel like you have one. Let's agree in prayer this morning. Close your eyes with me and bow your head. Father, we thank you for your presence this morning. We thank you, Lord, that you are in the midst of us right now. Holy Spirit, we yield to you. Lord, we give ourselves to you. We thank you, Lord God, that we are here in your presence to hear your voice. Lord, speak a word in due season that'll cause our bones to be fat. Lord, let, let your word come forth that will order our steps so that iniquity has no power over us, so that, so that the trouble of life doesn't swallow us up, so that, so that we're not overwhelmed in our own minds. Lord, I thank you for your word this morning that will cause us to be settled and at peace. Lord, I thank you for speaking to every, every person that's listening, Lord, every person that's a part of this message uh, that is on this, on this, uh, that is watching on YouTube, that is uh, listening to the podcast. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are with us and that you are speaking clear unto us. And Lord, we, we open ourselves to hear your voice. I come against anything that's not like God right now. Lord, I thank you for your voice speaking clear unto us. And I come against every voice that your people of God may be hearing that's not like you. Voices that are telling them that they're insufficient, that they are are lacking, that they are rejected. Lord, I thank you that they would hear your voice knowing that you have accepted them into the beloved. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will speak expressly because that's what you do, Holy Spirit. We thank you that you will reveal because that's what you do. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will comfort because that's who you are. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are so glad that you're with us. Hallelujah. We're gonna dive into the word this morning and we're going to be blessed. We're going to continue with last week's message, which was about the gift that Jesus has given us. And we have this gift that Jesus has given us. And this gift is actually a person. And his name is the Comforter. His name is the Holy Ghost. Or another name is the Holy Spirit. Another name is the, is the Great Spirit. Um, and God is so good that the word of God says in John 3, 16, we talked about this last week, that God so loved the world that he gave us the living word. He gave us the son, you know, he gave, God loved us so much that of all things that he could give us, he gave us that which was the most uh, expensive. He gave us his word that he would save us. Hallelujah. He gave us his word and his word saved us. And then God is so good. And Jesus is such a, a, a chief shepherd. He's such a merciful pastor, savior, um, that knowing that he was going to go and depart and be at the right hand of the father, 
He said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. We saw that last week. He left us the comforter. Jesus told the disciples in John 14 that he was going to pray that the Lord send us another comforter in his absence. And that's who we have. That's who you have right now. If you are born again, if you name the name of Christ, if, if Jesus is your Lord, if you are Christ-like, if you are filled with God's spirit and, and you, you, know, you hear God's voice, that makes you a child of almighty God. And if you are a child of almighty God, then God has given you this gift and his name is the Holy Spirit. Um, and we just, at, by way of review, we gave you some scriptures last week, John chapter 14, um, verses 15 through 21. That's where it talks about, Jesus said that he wasn't gonna leave us comfortless. It says in verse um, 16, and I will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and shall be in you. Glory to God, hallelujah. God is so good. Um, the Lord Jesus, our savior, is such a merciful savior that he left us a comforter and his name is the Holy Spirit. But then it says in verse 17 that the world cannot receive the Holy Spirit. So what we're talking about right now, if you're on this, um, if you're on this message, um, this is this is something that that every believer has. It's a gift that the Lord has given us all as, as believers. This is our inheritance. And we're going to see some other scriptures that confirm that in a bit. But but this is a special um, blessing that we have that it's not for everybody else. It's only for God's for God's children. It's for it's for the elect of God, if you will. And if you born if you're born again, then when we say elect of God, we're talking about you. Hallelujah. So that was John chapter 14, verse 16. Then if we turn over here to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says, now he that has wrought us for the selfsame thing as God, who has given unto us the earnest of the spirit, the earnest of the spirit. Wow. Therefore, we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. But the operative part here is verse five, where it says, he has wrought us for the self, he that has wrought us for the self, same thing as God. And here's the, here's the part. It says, he has given unto us the earnest of his spirit. And that word earnest is, it's like a pledge. And we're going to see that again in the word of God, that the Holy Spirit is really, um, a pledge, if you will. It's, he's a pledge of this great salvation that Jesus paid dearly for, that the Father paid dearly for us to have. The Holy Spirit is like the pledge that we got it. We have that salvation. And just as a sign, it, if you want a sign, here's the sign. His name is the Holy Spirit. Uh, we said last week that the Comforter, uh, he has a lot of names. The Comforter is a person. Um, he is the third person of the of the of the godhead uh according to the book of first john the bible says that there are three that bear record in heaven the father the word and the spirit and these three agree in one we're talking about the holy spirit holy spirit is with you he's with me even right now the holy spirit is the one that when somebody is preaching the word the holy spirit is the one that transliterates whatever that man or that woman of god is preaching um to make it so that you can interpret it and so that it can bless you the Holy Spirit is the one that will, will make, the word of God says in, in the Old Testament that an ass spoke to um, uh, a prophet 
to speak the word of God. And because the, you know, if, if God will use whoever he has to. God made a donkey speak and the spirit of God was, was speaking expressly for those who needed to hear. So when God is speaking, he uses the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the mouthpiece. You know, we have the living word. The living word is, is coming out of God's mouth, but the Holy Spirit is the one who's speaking. And he's the one that reveals to us. And we said last week that the Holy Spirit always was. He always is. You know, Genesis 1 and 1, where it talks about in our beginning that we know of, the Father created the heaven and the earth. Earth was out form and void. Darkness upon the face of the deep. And it says the Spirit of God moved around the waters. So the Holy Spirit was always here. The Holy Spirit is the one that, that executes the vision. He's the one that gets things done. Um, um, and, and the word of God is clear back in 1 John that, the Holy Spirit is one with the Word and the Father. They all agree in one. So this is why when we start, when we open up our Bibles, you know, if you if you open up your Bible later today and you spend time in the Word of God, the Holy Spirit is going to come around you. And we said last week that um, according to the Holy, to, according to the Word, um, that word uh, Holy Spirit, the word Spirit means pneuma, and pneuma means breath. And um, so the Holy Spirit. If, you, if, the, if the Holy Spirit is in you and upon you because you've been around the word, because you're born again, what will happen is the Holy Spirit is like God breathing on you. And when God breathes on you, it's evident to everybody. We see that all throughout the word. We saw how when Moses uh, ascended to that Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments, the word of God says that he walked up one way and when he came back another way. The word of God says that he came back and his countenance was all different. His hair was all different on his face. The word of God says that um, it was way more intense than what we see depicted in the movie, The Ten Commandments, uh, starring uh, Charles and Heston, where his, you know, his face was all kind of like glorious and his hair had turned white. It was way beyond that. The word of God said that Moses was, was so clothed with God's glory from being in God's presence that the word of God says that they had to take a cloak. They said his wife couldn't even look at him. They said Joshua, his servant, couldn't look at him. You know, Aaron and Miriam couldn't look at him. None of the people of God could look at Moses because of the glory of God that was on him. The word, the word of God says that they had to cover his face and it took weeks for, for the glory to kind of subside enough for them to be able to look at Moses. And Moses had, had all, taken all that time to ascend and then come down from God's presence. And it was still on him like that. We're talking about this gift that Jesus has given us, how his name is the Holy Spirit and how when we fellowship in the word of God, the Holy Spirit is going to come and be in that fellowship. When we, when we open up our Bibles, the Holy Spirit is coming. When we pray, the Holy Spirit settles. And you're going to see in the word of God. Now, we said last week that when we are born again, that's when the Holy Spirit comes. That's according to Acts chapter 2, verse 38. It says, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. And if you do that, it says, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 10 and verse 45, it says, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is a gift. This is the most precious gift that Jesus has given us. The most precious gift that the Father gave us is Jesus. The most precious gift that Jesus gave us is the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Verse 46 says, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit is a gift. Now, we're going to move right along so we can move into part two. We said last week that who, who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit, we said that he's already, he's the earnest of, he's the earnest of the Spirit. 
He's the, um, the, uh, our pledge from the Lord. But Ephesians chapter one and verse 11, four, uh, verses 11 through 14, take it even deeper. And it says, talking, this is talking about uh, the Lord. It says, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance. It's talking about God, it's talking about the Lord, um, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, meaning you and I are heirs and there's something of great value that God has given us. We've received an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will. We know we're talking about God now, that we should be, that you and I should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. And then verse 13 says, in whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth. And, and we already have seen this, you know, once you believe, once you believe the word and you're saved, then the Holy Spirit is coming. And it says in verse 13 here, in whom also you trusted after that you heard that word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. You and I were sealed with the Holy Spirit. The word of God talks about the Holy Spirit and uses the word sealed in another place in the New Testament because the Holy Spirit is the one that is exactly what it sounds like. The Holy Spirit seals your salvation. He seals your, you know, your healing, your relationship with the Lord, your ability to communicate at the throne of God you know, anytime you want, just by closing your, closing your eyes and going in prayer or lifting your hands in worship, the Holy Spirit is the one that seals. And the word of God says in verse 13 here that he is the Holy Spirit of promise. Verse 14 says, who is the earnest of our inheritance. There it is, that word earnest again. That word means pledge. He's the pledge of our inheritance. Our inheritance is something that we have from God. It's of great value. And watch this. It says he's the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of that inheritance. And the word it says, until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. He is the pledge of the inheritance that God has given us. You know what that inheritance that God has given you is? Is that if you have lost your father, your father's born again, that part of your inheritance is you get to see your father again in glory. When, you, when your spirit leaves your body, you know, that's not the end. God has given us eternal life. And if your father named the name of Christ, then you'll see your father again in heaven. That is a wonderful inheritance. And the Holy Spirit is our pledge. From, from Almighty God and from Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is the one that's with you right now. We're gonna see a little bit later on, I wanna get too ahead of myself, but when you have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit causes there to be like an aura, causes there to be like, a, like something that's emanating from you all the time because the Holy Spirit is there. And we're gonna see later on that it's possible for us to lose that emanation, so to speak, for us to lose, for, for us to uh, lose that fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You know, when that happens is when we start living out of our flesh, when we start, um, you know, um, rejecting the, the voice of the Holy Spirit, we start grieving him, we start resisting him, we start quenching him, then we can lose that, that eminence, we can lose that aura, we can use that, that, that inspiration. The word inspiration just means that, that there's, an ins, there's an inner uh, breath, that, that, that's coming up through us. That's the Holy Spirit. And, and when you have the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit, his presence is tangible. Now, people might not be able to articulate it, but it, his presence is tangible when you have the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit, it makes people kind of like having you around, even if they don't understand why. And, and when they don't like having you around, it's only because they are full of some other spirit. And we're gonna see that later on too. So, but the Holy Spirit is the, is the spirit of promise. Hallelujah. He was promised. The Lord Jesus Christ himself promised. And 
And, and you know, we see in John chapter 21 uh, and moving over into Acts chapter one, you know, as Jesus is, is departing from the disciples, as he's literally ascending into heaven, he's already given them instructions and tells them, hey, at a certain day, at a certain time, y'all need to be in a certain place so that y'all all can receive the Holy Spirit and you need to be on one accord. Hallelujah. That's in Acts chapter one. Make sure you check that out. Um, so who is he? He's the earnest of our inheritance. He's the pledge uh, or the down payment that, that God has given us. That is the greatest gift, the greatest pledge, the greatest down payment we could ever receive. And it's promising. He's promising that there's more for us. We said that the Holy Spirit is the breath of God. He's the wind of God. He's like the current of God. You, if you ever go by the water, you know, one of the things that makes the water beautiful is not just the sound. It's not just uh, the way the water looks, the appearance of it, the way it glistens in the sun. Um, it's not just the, the, uh, the, the splendor of the water when we get by, especially, you know, by the ocean. The other thing that's beautiful about the ocean is the current of the ocean. The way those the way the those waves come and the way they come um, consistently and how there is a consistent current which tells us that there's something greater than the ocean that's pushing the ocean and propelling it right and and watch this you and I are the same way there's something greater than you and then me that's propelling us forward and his name is the Holy Spirit and he's like a current of God he's a current he's a spiritual current he's also the power of God and we see that you know, all throughout the word, um, but I'm going to pop over here to Acts chapter 10, one of my favorite scriptures to read about the fact that the Holy Spirit is the power of God is in, found in Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, and this may be a familiar passage of scripture for you, but if not, um, let this bless you, and if it is, act like this is the first time you heard it, so it can bless you all over again. Acts chapter 10, I'm going to go back to 36. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel preaching peace by Jesus Christ. And then it says in parentheses, by the way, he is Lord of all, just in case you didn't know it. He's Lord of your rejection. He's Lord of your addiction. He's Lord of your depression. He's Lord over your feelings. He's Lord over the earth, the sky. He's Lord over darkness. He's Lord over demons. He's Lord over the devil himself. Jesus is Lord of all. Verse 37 says, that word I say you know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. Here we go, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Hmm. I gotta read that one more time. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good in healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with them. This word, Holy Ghost, the word ghost, again, it, it means pneuma in the Greek. It's a current of air. Um, it's a, like a blast uh, 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 or uh, a breeze, and meaning it, it, you know, it, it's gentle and it, it might feel good, but there's some force behind it too. And if you are, 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 you know, if you are coming against that current, the current will move you out of the way because it's, it comes with that much force. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the gift that Jesus has given us and how the Holy Spirit is that gift. He's a person, but he's also the power of God in our lives. Um, we're gonna see later on that if you belong to God, there should be signs of God's power in your life. And if there's not, either you don't belong to God or you're not yielding to the Holy Spirit like you should. Because when you yield to the Holy Spirit, there will be results. There will be evidence. 
it will be tangible. There will be power in your life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Um, so the, the, the word ghost means pneuma. It means uh, the current, uh, current of air. It means a blast or a breath. It also means uh, like inspiration. It means God breathing on you because you've been in his presence. Okay. That's the Holy Spirit. Um, glory to God. And, um, and then it says the Holy Ghost with, and with power. You know, so the Holy Ghost and the power of God are synonymous. That word power means dynamis. And that means miraculous power. It means abundant power, it, it, meaning it's miraculous power that doesn't run out. <laughs> I mean, it just goes on and on and on. There's no end to it. But it's also, that word dynamis also means strength. It means mighty. Uh, it means wonderful. It also means violent. Glory to God. I'll say that again. This word Holy Ghost and with power, it means that Jesus anointed, that Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with violence. And with that power, with that violence, with that force, with that current, you know what he did? He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. He went about with the power of God that was on him because of the Holy Spirit. He went about undoing things that the devil had done. You know, when the devil wraps chains around people's minds and, 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 and binds them with handcuffs and locks them up in their mind so that they can't do what they should or, or, or they're not, they don't fulfill their potential or they, or they feel like they're lost. You know, that's the work of the devil. What the, what, the, what the Lord came to do by the Holy Ghost and with the power of, of the Holy Ghost, he did good. He healed all that were oppressed of the devil. He, un, he loosened those chains. He destroyed those bondages and, that, and, the, and those bonds. He loosed and because God was with him. We're talking about the gift that Jesus gave us. His name is the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit comes with power. So what does the Holy Spirit do? We said last week in Psalm chapter 23 and verse four. Now, we, I know we're in the Old Testament and the Old Testament was the dispensation of the Father, but we still get glimpses of the Son and the Holy Spirit all throughout, all throughout the word. Um, um, as a matter of fact, we'll see later, but in Psalm chapter 51, verse 11, David is talking, and this is after David commits a terrible sin. He, he, he commits adultery. He sleeps with another woman that's not his wife, with Bathsheba. And make a long story short, in, in Psalm 51, um, the Bible says that, that David is grieving, that he is grieving so much until he's like beside himself. And, and Again, we're going to see later that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. But what it was, was that David had been walking so close with the Spirit of God, and Jesus hadn't even yet come. But David was walking with the Spirit of God until he was almost, he was one with the Spirit of God. And when the Spirit of God was grieving, it was making David grieve. So even though David was the king, and technically he could do whatever he wanted to do, and what, any, what is anybody going to do about it? He was grieved because the Holy Spirit in him was grieved because he had committed this terrible sin. And make a long story short, verse 11, he says, take not thy spirit from me. He says, Lord, don't take your precious Holy Spirit from me. Um, so I want to go over here to Psalm chapter 23. We're in the Old Testament, and I want you to just see the work of the Holy Spirit. Verse four, it says, uh, and we know this, this is, you know, this scripture, Lord is my shepherd. I have no lack. You know, uh, we know a lot of times this is scripture that's read for, for people who have passed over from this side and going to the other side, you know, maybe at a funeral or homegoing service, something like that. But this is not what that pur the purpose of the scripture is for, is to let us know that the Lord is with us now. This is not just for those who cross over to the other side. And verse four says, yea, though I walk through the folly of the shadow of death right now, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. 
And this is talking about the work of the Holy Spirit. It says, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Pastor John, how do you know this is the Holy Spirit? Because of that word comfort right there. We know that the Holy Spirit is the comforter. And what does it say about him comforting? It says that it's his rod and his staff. So here's the work of the Holy Spirit. What he does is he, by, the, by correction in the word of God and by his gentle leading, he comforts us, right? That's that rod and that staff. The rod is correction. Amen. We know that, you know, if you're a parent, the word of God talks about in Proverbs, the rod of correction. You need that for your children. If you love them, you need that for your children. Give them that rod of correction. If you say you love your children and, and you're not giving them the rod, you're not correcting them, then you don't love your children. And it's going to show you don't love them like you should. And it's going to show because if you love them like you should, you will correct them, keep them on the right path. So that's that what the Holy Spirit does. He's he's he gives us that rod. He gives us that correction. But then he gives us that staff. That staff is, you know, for a shepherd, you know, the rod and the staff are synonymous, but it's, it's a twofold work. It's a rod to correct us, to maybe slap if we're on the wrong path, we're getting ready to go in the harm's way, slap us in the shape, right? Slap us into our right mind. But it's also a staff because sometimes he the Holy Spirit knows he doesn't need to slap you. He doesn't need to correct you. He needs to gently guide you. So that word staff is, is more, uh, it designates gentle right? And we, you know, maybe you've heard people say this, that the Holy Spirit is, is a gentleman. And he, it's true, he is. Uh, the Holy Spirit is gentle. And we see that if we go um, a, couple, a couple chapters back in Psalm 18, verse 35, it says, you have also given me the shield of your salvation, and your right hand has holded me up, and your gentleness has made me great. Now, we're in the Old Testament, but we're still getting manifestations of what we will see in 1 John, that the word of God says there are three that bear record in heaven, the father, the word, and the spirit, and they agree in one. We see it again. Here it is in Psalm chapter 18. It's telling us even before New Testament about the father, the word, and the spirit. The father is, it says, you've given me the shield of your salvation. That's the father. Then it says, and your right hand is holding me up when I can't hold myself up, when I feel like I'm struggling. Your, it's your right hand. When I'm, when I'm lost and I need deliverance, it's your right hand that delivers me and that holds me up. That's the word, that's Jesus. And then we can see the Holy Spirit right here. We're talking about the gift that Jesus gave us. It says, and thy gentleness has made me great. That's that staff, hallelujah. That's the rod and the staff, that's the comforter. The comforter is gentle with us. And that gentleness, in that gentleness, in his presence, he makes us great. You know, that's, that should encourage you that no matter who you are, where you are, what you feel God has called you to do, what you feel you have accomplished up to this point or not, you know, whether you feel like you haven't, you're not, you haven't reached your full potential or not, you know, reaching your full potential is not just about you doing everything you can do in your power. It's also about you yielding to the Holy Spirit because it's his gentleness that will make you great. The word, hallelujah. The word of God talks about how the Holy Spirit, because of the Holy Spirit, he will make us even greater than our enemies, even greater than the things that are coming against us. I'm not talking about a person because there's no person that's your enemy. Your enemy is dark spirits. Your enemy is the devil. Your enemy is rejection or insecurity or addiction or depression. That's your enemy, the enemies of your soul. Your worst enemies are the enemies that can't be seen. Those are your enemies. Everybody else is just people. They seem like they're your enemy, but God can use them to bless you and God can use you to bless them. They're not your enemy. Your enemy are, are, are things that you can't see. And the word of God says that if we yield to the Holy Spirit, who's the greatest gift that Jesus could give us, 
It's his gentleness that will make you great. Hallelujah. Meaning you don't have to do it all by yourself. You know, meaning that wherever you are right now, it's not enough. And that's all right. Because when you get the Holy Spirit, his gentleness will make you great. You might be okay now, but when the Holy Spirit comes, you'll be better than okay. You'll be great. It's the Holy Spirit that does it. Hallelujah. That's what he does. His rod and his staff comforts us. His gentleness makes us great. What else does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit is the teacher and revealer of the word of God. Hallelujah. So this is really good. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we're going to go to the New Testament now. You know, we, like, we got a lot of scriptures. Um, and I hope you guys are going back and looking at these scriptures and letting the spirit of God speak to you so you can, so you can confirm, so, you can, so it can be confirmed what I'm saying. Amen. Because this is not me. This is the Holy Spirit. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard. Nobody has seen. Nobody has heard. Neither has entered into any person's heart the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Oh, my God. God is telling you right there. We're talking about the grace of God this morning. Part of the grace of God is this gift. Uh, I would say the grace of God is this gift that Jesus gave us, the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. The grace of God is this gift that the Father gave us, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, it says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. But, you know, when you see the word but, that means everything I just said, erase it for a minute with what I'm getting ready to say. Verse 10 says, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. Now, we just got finished reading the fact that God loves us so much and has so much for us that we can't contemplate it. If we try to attain it mentally, we can't get there. If we try to see it, we haven't seen it. We haven't seen anything like it. If we think we've heard it, we can't hear it. We haven't heard anything like it. If we think it's, we can imagine it with our hearts, we can't because it's too great because he loves us so much and what he has for us is so much. But then it says, after all of that, it says, but God has revealed them unto us by somebody, by his spirit. And why did God reveal it to us? by his spirit, because it's the spirit of God. It's the Holy Ghost. It's the comforter. He's the one that searches all things. And yes, the very deep things of God. Now, I want to encourage somebody this morning, because somebody on listening to this message, you've been saved for a while, but you've been walking around in God's presence and in this great salvation that God has given you like it's a puddle of water. You've been walking around like it's a puddle of water and God has way more for you. So if you're walking around in God's presence, like God's presence is a puddle of water, no wonder you're dissatisfied. No wonder you're unhappy. No wonder things are not working. No wonder when you pray, it seems like nothing happens. No wonder when you open your Bible, you can't understand anything because you've been walking in the puddle of God's presence. When God wants you to go into the deep things, he wants you to go into the deep place where there is nothing under you, where you're gonna have to just swim and let his presence take you over. God won, And God is merciful. We already saw that. It's his rod and his staff that comforts us. So the Holy Spirit is not going to force you. He's gentle. The Holy Spirit doesn't force and doesn't force himself on us. That sounds like somebody else. That sounds like the devil. He's the one that will rush up on you and force himself on you and try to overwhelm you. Holy Spirit doesn't do that. Holy Spirit says, you know what? If you're comfortable with your puddle? Stay with your puddle. I'm okay with that. But when you're ready, I would like to take you until into a deeper water where we can get to your ankles. And if you can get a little bit more comfortable than that, I would love to get it to your knees. And if you can get even more, if you wanna come deeper, 
I got more for you because they're revealed unto you by me, by the Holy Spirit. I would like to take you waist deep. And, and, and listen, if you want to let it take you over and be immersed in it, I'm all for it. That's the way the Holy Spirit operates. But it's gentle and it's a process. God is merciful. He understands. But these are the deep things of God. And if you, I only said all of that to say that if you are listening to this call and you're wondering, you know, where is the, where is the power of God in my life? You know, because I'm going to tell you something. God is not, God is the same. He's the same Lord that when Peter and John were uh, praying at the hour of prayer and they were walking down that, that, that straight street and there were people that were sick laying around. God is the same God that caused Peter to walk by and the little wind that was caused as Jesus, as Peter walked by, the word of God says that there were people that got in that wind and they got healed. The word of God says it was Peter's shadow, but literally I believe it was just him walking. It was just him being around. He just got close enough to where the spirit of God that was in him and upon him because he'd been fellowshipping with almighty God, God had breathed on Peter. He had been in Jesus' presence. God had breathed on the inside of Peter. And as a result, anybody that got close to Peter, they just started feeling better. And in this one person's case, because their faith was high enough, they got healed. Hallelujah. I said that to say that if you belong to God, anybody that gets in your presence will feel a little bit better. And, and, I, and, and you know this is right, because when you belong to God, spirit of God is in you. You can sometimes sense God's power. You know, like Jesus said about the woman with the issue of blood, he felt virtue leaving him. Because that woman with that blood problem, with that blood disease, she was pulling on Jesus. She was pulling on that virtue and on that power. And Jesus sensed it. And as a result, he said, who, who touched me? He could sense, the word of God says, he could sense that virtue went out of him. He wasn't complaining because that's what it's there for. Because we already saw in Acts chapter 1038, how God anointed Jesus with, with the Holy Ghost and with power, went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. That's what he was there to do. He was there to do. My point is that the Holy Spirit is the gift that Jesus gave, and that and that gift is for us, but it's not just for us, it's for somebody else. So when you get around people who don't know the Lord, they they they're gonna like something about being in your presence. They don't know what it is, but then and then they're gonna be pulling on you a little bit, and then you gotta go home and get back in God's presence so you can stay filled. We gotta stay full of the spirit, and we'll see that in, in a little bit too. So we said that the Holy Spirit, He's the comforter. His rod and his staff, they comfort us. His gentleness makes us great. We just saw that he's the teacher and revealer of the word, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, because God has all these things that I haven't seen, ear hasn't heard, neither can enter the heart of man, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. Why? Because it's the Holy Spirit that searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. And then verse 11 says, how do we know that to be true? Because if you want to look at yourself as a person, who can know the things about a man except the spirit of man, which is in him, except the heart? That's who knows the real you, you know, uh, meaning if you want to find something out about me, you can't just find something about about me by looking at me, uh, by, by, by touching my, my, my flesh. That, you, that doesn't tell you about me. Even even talking to me doesn't always tell you, but it's it's, it's my spirit. It's the real me that will tell you what's really going on with me. It's the real me that knows what's really going on with me. And it's the same way with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is, is it says, for what man knows the things of a man, save the spirit of man, which is in him, even so the things of God knows no man, but the spirit of God. So if you wanna know the Lord close in a relationship, um, you need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that helps usher us into God's presence. The Holy Spirit is the one that when you start 
worshiping God, whether you have um, a seat, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, something that you're streaming that you're listening to, you know, on your phone or whatever, or whether you're just singing by yourself, making melody in your heart to the Lord. The Holy Spirit is the one that will get in that every single time. As soon as you start worshiping the Lord, it's like the Holy Spirit will say, oh, what's, what's going on? The Holy Spirit will come and step into that worship and he will, and he will empower that worship and, and help take it higher. When we start praying according to God's word, the Holy Spirit will hear the, because the word and the spirit agree, the spirit of God will come and start moving around that word and, and, when, and if we're praying the word in faith or saying the word in faith, the Holy Spirit will get up in that. That's why when certain people pray, it seems like when they get finished, you just feel a little bit better. You just feel better when we get finished praying. And other people pray and it, it feels shallow. You know, it feels like mm, that didn't have a whole lot of depth. It's not just about the words. It's not just about, you know, the way that they pray or how loud or how quiet you know, not, really none of that matters. What matters is a relationship with the Lord through his word. And then and the fact that the Holy Spirit comes in to infuse that prayer or infuse that worship. And what that does is that takes it higher. And literally what that does is it makes us cross over from the natural into the supernatural. And that's part of my point this morning is that if that God has given us this gift, his name is Jesus, but Jesus gave us this gift. His name is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who will take your Christian life into the next level will ca cause you to cross over and go to the other side from the natural Christian over to the supernatural Christ-like person. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're talking about the gift that Jesus gave us. His name is the Holy Spirit. We talked about what some of the things that he does, how he, how he is riding his staff comfort. His gentleness makes us great. He's a teacher and revealer of the word. Then here's the next thing I wanted to tell you is that when the word of God is around, and when it's mixed with faith, with faith, you know, I kind of already said this, but the Holy Ghost will infuse. But depending on what, you know the atmosphere, the Holy Ghost will even fall on you in that situation. He will even settle on you with his grace, which is his favor, his unmerited favor, and with his power, which can be signs and wonders and miracles and basically doing for you what you can't do for yourself. And we see that in all over the word of God. But I'm going to take you to, to one, to a scripture here in Acts chapter 10 and verse 44. We had already read uh, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And I, I'm going to, I'm just going to continue reading. Verse 39 says, and we are all witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. And, and of course, the, in Jerusalem, that's where they stay. You know, Jesus was killed and hanged on a tree. Verse 40 says, him God raised up the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. Can you imagine that? This is the apostle Peter talking. He's preaching uh, to a whole bunch of people, you know, just a, a large number of people. He's preaching. And he says that, you know, Jesus didn't appear to everybody but I'm one of those people that did see him. And my buddy, John here, you know, we didn't used to be friends, but we're friends now, we're tight now. He saw Jesus, you know, all these other disciples, we all, we all have seen Jesus and we're telling you, we are his witnesses. We ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us, verse 42, to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he, which was ordained of God to be the judge of quick and dead, 
to him, give all the prophets witness. Then Peter, Peter's telling them, listen, this Jesus that, that I'm talking about, that raised from the dead, he's the one that David was talking about. He's the one that Moses was talking about. He's the one that Samuel was talking about. You know, but back at all, this is all under the, you know, under the old covenant. He's the one that the prophet Nathan was talking about. He's the one that Isaiah was talking about and prophesying about. He says, to him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believes in him shall receive remission of sin. Now watch this. Here we go. We said that what the Holy Spirit does, he comforts us. He, he makes us great through his gentleness. He teaches and reveals the word, but now it gets violent. And now it gets forceful, and, but in a good way. The Holy Ghost falls on us. It says in verse 44, while Peter yet speak these, while he yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them that heard the word. Hallelujah. So anybody that was within ear, you know, ear gate that could hear what the apostle Peter was saying, the Holy Ghost was moving because the word is going forth. The word is going forth with faith. The word is going forth with faith and God's people are in agreement. The whole, something is about to happen. That's the perfect atmosphere for the Holy Ghost to move. And it says, while Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them that heard the word. And that word fell means the Holy Spirit embraced them. It means the Holy Spirit seized them. That word seized means arrested, meaning the Holy Spirit arrested them with an embrace as the word of God was going forth. This is what the Holy Spirit will do. He will do this not just for Peter while he's preaching to a whole bunch of people over here in the book of Acts. He will do this while you're worshiping the Lord by yourself at the foot of your bed or lifting up your hands in your room or declaring God's word aloud by yourself in prayer. The Holy Ghost will fall on you. He will, the word, that, that word fall also means he will rush upon you. It means he will, he will uh, lay down with you. This is intimacy. He will fall into your embrace and you will fall into his means the Holy Spirit will, will, will cause you to fall back on him. Means the Holy Spirit will fall back on you. This is powerful. Means he will arrest you with his presence. This is what happens when the Holy Spirit comes, you know, and the Holy, we're talking about the gift that Jesus gave us. What a gift, hallelujah. While Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell. Now this is the same Peter. Let me back up for a minute. Just encourage somebody. This is the same Peter that had problems. This same Peter was the one that um, um, had a problem with his mouth. He was always cursing. This same Peter was the one that was loyal to a fault, but at the same time, one he, he might be loyal one day. The next day, if you say something wrong, he might stab you, right? We know that this is the same Peter that the night that Jesus was about to be crucified, when they took Jesus to arrest him, the word of God says that the one soldier grabbed Jesus and he grabbed Jesus forcefully. And this is the same Jesus that Peter has watched, that he's been kind of bodyguarding and protecting for three years of ministry, but also, you know, receiving the word from, being mentored by, you know, just beholding the glory of God on him and discerning that he was the son of the Christ, the living God. The same Jesus, when Peter saw that soldier grip Jesus up in a violent way, Peter lost himself for a minute. He wasn't Apostle Peter anymore at that moment. He took a knife that he was carrying and the word of God says he cut that soldier's ear off. And, and this is, you can read it in the word. And the Bible says that Jesus corrected Peter and put the man's ear back on. Now, if I'm one of the soldiers arresting Jesus. That's enough right there for me to reconsider what I'm doing. I might want to go back home to my family. I might have to quit my job if I see that. But the word of God says, that's what happened. This is that same Peter. This same Peter had a problem with John. He didn't like John. They, had, they were at odds with each other at the time. 
The same Peter denied Jesus three times, but the same Peter, but the word of God says that he's the rock. The revelation that God gave Peter, I'm going to build my church on. So this Peter is not a perfect man. You know, it's complicated. Guess what? Just like me, just like you. He, it's complicated, right? But the word of God says that he's been declared righteous. This same Peter, Jesus is not around now. Now, Jesus, now, now Jesus has given Peter that power, that, that, that same power that Jesus had. The Holy, he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power, went about doing good, healing all of the oppressive devil because God was with him. That same power now is on the apostle Peter. And now Peter speaks and the Holy Ghost falls on all those people that hear the word. That is encouraging because I know I'm not perfect. I know I need the blood of Jesus. I know I've been declared the righteousness of God, but I still come up short sometimes and I got to ask the Lord to help me. I got to ask the Lord to forgive me. I got to ask the Lord to strengthen me. I got to ask the Lord to show me the way. I got to ask the Lord to to, 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 to make, me, make me free, help me, hallelujah. And the Holy Ghost will do all of that. But my point is that as soon as the word went forth, the Holy Ghost fell. And when the Holy Ghost fell, that was the spirit of God arresting everybody in that crowd. That was the Holy Spirit seizing on everybody. That was the Holy Spirit rushing in on everybody. And it says, and they, now here's the result. And they that they of the circumcision, which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles, also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's good news. That tells you, just in case you didn't realize, that the Holy Spirit is not racist. The Holy Spirit cares about everybody, regardless of your class, regardless of your race, regardless of your culture, regardless of your upbringing, regardless of anything that we can interpret to kind of separate ourselves. Because it says, they that were of the circumcision, those that were, you know, of, the, of Jewish descent, you know, they were astonished because the, the, the Holy Spirit was poured out on the Gentiles too. So the Holy Spirit is not just limited to certain people. The Holy Spirit is for everybody who will believe. Hallelujah. And then verse 46 says, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Hallelujah. Amen. So the Holy Spirit will fall when the word of God is present. And when the Holy Spirit falls, he will settle on us with God's grace with his unmerited favor, with God's power, with God's force, with God's current. And, but it's a gentle force, but it's a force nonetheless. Uh, then um, what else is the Holy Spirit? Oh, we got to get ready to close. I'm going to close with this. The Holy Spirit also fills. The Holy Spirit wants to fill you right now. You know, you might be saved. You've been saved for a long time. You've been in the word for a long time. You know, all kinds of scriptures. But you know what? The Holy Spirit wants you to be filled with him. And the fact that the Holy Spirit wants us to be filled tells us that life can happen and that we can, we can lose some of that filling, but he wants us to stay filled. He wants us to stay filled. Acts chapter 13, it's going to give you some scripture on being filled, but the Jews, Acts 13, verse 50, but the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coast, but they shook off the dust of their feet against them and came into Iconium and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost wants to fill you. Luke chapter one and verse 15, for he shall be great, talking about John the Baptist, in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor, nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. The Holy Spirit wants to fill you. Luke chapter one and verse 41, and it came to pass when Elizabeth heard the, the greeting of Mary, um, you know, they were both pregnant, Mary walked in, Elizabeth heard Mary say, hey, good afternoon, and the word of God says that the baby, John the Baptist, leaped in Elizabeth's womb, and Elizabeth got filled with the Holy Ghost on the spot. Hallelujah. 
my God. God, the Holy Spirit wants to fill you up. He wants to fill me up. Luke chapter 167, I'm closing. And his father, Zach, this is uh, John the Baptist's father. His father, Zach, was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. And it goes on. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, David. And he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. And he goes on. Hallelujah. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2 and verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Acts chapter 4 and verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, you rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this, he goes on and he preaches and the Lord saves like 3,000 people because he was filled with the Holy Ghost and then he starts speaking. Hallelujah. There's a whole lot more to share, but I want you to lift your hands right now. We're going to worship the Lord. If you're listening um, to this message um, and it's not live, I'm just going to, I'm going to uh, ask you to lift your hands and worship the Lord. Those who are live, we're going to just worship the Lord for a few minutes. I'm going to turn on something soft um, and let the Lord minister to your heart because God is good. God is faithful. The Lord loves you. He is with you. He wants to take care of you. He wants to minister to you. He wants you to be confident that whatever it is that you are, are encountering and that you have to contend with, that he's going to be with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. And, and when you need some power to overcome, he's going to give you the power that you need to overcome. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's worship the Lord for just a few moments together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. We're still worshiping. Father, we just thank you for the word that went forth today. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that it has settled on hearts that are good ground. And we ask you, Lord, to speak peaceably unto us all week. We thank you, Lord God, that the word that we heard will take root in our hearts and that it will spring up in faith. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that we would sense your presence this week, that we would be sensitive to your voice this week, that we would not resist you, Lord, that we would not uh, quench you, Lord, that we would not grieve you. But we thank you, Holy Spirit, that we would celebrate you, that we would make an atmosphere for you to have your way, Holy Ghost. And we thank you, Lord, for your power being revealed in our lives. In Jesus' name, we are so glad that you joined us this week. Lord bless you. We love you. Happy Father's Day. Celebrate. And we will see you next time. Praise God.